Okay, Resetters, have I got an episode for you. I am bringing you my dear friend, Dr. John Lawrence, and what you're about to hear is truly a one-of-a-kind conversation. And it's one-of-a-kind for a, for a lot of reasons. One, I want to give you a little context as you listen to this episode to what was going on behind the scenes. For starters, um, I was in John's clinic, and he has one of the most amazing regenerative functional medicine clinics that I have ever seen. Literally, the minute I walked in the door, you could feel the love, you could feel the healing. And he and his team have something so special there. And not only did they love on me and take me through all kinds of fun, regenerative hacks, but what you're going to hear is that I was actually getting an IV and had just finished all of my therapies when I sat down with John to have this conversation. So you might be hearing a little more of a parasympathetic, calmer version of me. It truly was so special to sit with him in that state. Because the second thing that I really want you to gather from this conversation is that one of the things I love about John is that he is what I call a wizard. He is so intelligent and yet so connected to his heart. And so when he brings big concepts to the world, people sit and listen, including me. So some of the big concepts that he has already brought to the world, and I've brought him on uh, other podcasts, and we've done Instagram Lives together, he's brought The Power of Melatonin. He has a whole book on melatonin. He was one of the first to talk about methylene blue and the power of methylene blue, and many of you are off getting methylene blue IVs. And what you're going to hear in this conversation is that he is now bringing us a part of the brain called the blue spot. It's really fun. It is. And what he has discovered is that there's a part of our brain that needs to turn off at night in order for our stress cycle to stop. And this blue spot is not being highlighted enough. And we're not being given enough tools on how to turn this blue spot off. And so in this episode, you're going to hear not only about methylene blue, which he's passionate about, but you're going to hear about what we can all do to get a deeper restful sleep, but to turn this stress spot of our brain off at night so we can start the next day anew. And there's so many nuggets of information in here. So I'm not, I'm not going to tell you anymore because it was a profound conversation, definitely changed the way I look at the brain. And I think you're going to hear some things that people aren't talking about. And I'm so happy that Dr. John is bringing it to us. So Dr. John Lawrence, I won't say any more. Just sit back, enjoy. You might even want to take notes. This is a heck of an episode. Enjoy. Hey, Dr. Mindy here, and welcome to season four of the Resetter Podcast. Please know that this podcast is all about empowering you to believe in yourself again. If you have a passion for learning, if you're looking to be in control of your health and take your power back, this is the podcast for you. Enjoy. Hey, Resetters, as we step into the new year, I am so thrilled to invite you on an extremely transformative journey with me in my Reset Academy. So check this out. If you're ready to kickstart your fasting and health journey, which I know so many of you have reached out to us and asked how you customize a fasting lifestyle for you, my Reset Academy is the absolute best place to be. So here's what you get in the academy, and I like to think of it in terms of a complete picture. So imagine being surrounded by people who understand your journey, who are passionate for fasting, who want to lift you up and will support you every step of the way. My academy is not just me, my team, but it is an incredible group of people that are all dedicated to building fasting lifestyles and supporting each other in it. This is why I created the Reset Academy. So when you join, you gain access to all the exclusive calls where my team and I share the latest insights, we answer your burning questions, and we guide you towards your health goals. That's not it. We didn't stop there. 
By becoming a member, you're not just investing in a membership, but you're investing in yourself. I am such a fan of setting you up to win this year. And my academy is the best place I know to do that. I want to keep you focused. I want you to customize this for you. And I want you to succeed at your health goals this year. End of story. So if you're ready to unlock your fullest potential and embrace a fasting lifestyle, join me. If it feels good, join me. And let's make this year an incredible year for us all. So all you got to do is go visit drmindypels.com slash reset academy to become a member. I can't wait to welcome you. I can't wait to see you on the Zoom calls. I can't wait to be in community with you. And most importantly, let's get your health goals handled. And let's do this together. It's so much better together. Together. So that's drmindypels.com slash Reset Academy. Excited to see you there. So for starters, I just want to thank you, John, for being here. For me being here, I mean, but for your love and your knowledge and sitting down with me to have this discussion, you're just... Not only do you have so much knowledge, but you just feel your heart from the moment I met you. Mm. And it's just really, really impressive. So mm. I'm excited to sit down and have this conversation. What I just witnessed in here, um, I've, been, I've been in a lot of biohacking centers. I've been in a lot of natural. I grew up in natural health. I, whatever you've got going on in this clinic, it is magic. Mm. So I just want to honor that because we're, we're filming here in your clinic and it's truly incredible. So thank you for that. Well, I'm so, I feel so blessed to have you here and um, it's my honor to, you know, to serve you and it feels mm. amazing to have you say those words. Very beautiful. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So, of course, my neuroscience brain wants to unpack everything that I've done today with you. And then, I, of course, my hormonal brain wants to put it through the lens of hormones and through so much. You and I talked quite a bit about a lot of the, the suffering that's going on in women's health. Mm-hmm. And um, we're, we're being left out of so many conversations. And mm-hmm. women don't quite understand how to take back control of their health and what I witnessed in here today is that you have a lot of tools that can start to help women. Mm-hmm. So what I want to start off with is just this idea, and you and I t- chatted about this, of, of cellular health. Mm-hmm. And, and can you help us understand what happens? What's a senescent cell? What happens to our, age, our cells as they age? Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think even that basic concept people understand enough. Yeah. Well... Women have, um, I think, more stress on their bodies than men do with mm-hmm. respect to that. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's this shutdown with the hormone production. Right. And, um, and so having um, an opportunity to, for lack of better words, biohack that process, mm-hmm. right? So that we take advantage of that second part of, of the life. And it's... Yeah possibly better than the first, you know, and in order for that to um, be uh, manifest, we need to have cellular vitality. We need to be able to build that life force Mm. and allow that universal intelligence to fully flow through the body, right? So in order for that to happen, the physical body has to be um, aligned. Like we we did Mm. some adjustments with you. I want to talk about some of the things we've done. And I'm I'm really big on the cranial Mm -hmm. uh, component to that mm-hmm. and releasing those uh, adhesions to the to the tough mother mm-hmm. you know that wraps around the brain and the spinal cord the dura mater mm-hmm. and uh, releasing that um, that restriction of that cerebral spinal fluid that flows around mm-hmm. the brain and spinal cord yeah and allowing the the pineal to be fully activated mm-hmm. with that connection to the divine and then there's a lot of conversations with regards to structure that I'm sure you've spoken on, on other podcasts with that, with, you know, the spine and, and mm-hmm. you know, just the physical body, right? Mm-hmm. If we go back to just the endonasal, so just so everybody knows what, what we did, and may, I'll explain it from my standpoint and then you explain it from yours, um, is it's a balloon that goes in one nostril and you push air up into the cranium. And it moves those cranial bones, especially the inner ones, because you can't really move those from the outer structures. It's a unique way to move those. Yeah. And it felt like a lot of pressure in my sinuses. 
Mm-hmm. And then I felt euphoria. And mm-hmm. like I felt like my eyes were open. I, I told you, I'm like, I think you have the secret to natural Botox because I'll be interested to see over time. I want to keep coming back mm-hmm. and see if it changes some of the, the wrinkles in my face because it would make sense to me if the cranium's collapsing in. Mm-hmm. Of course, the skin's going to collapse in. Yeah. But then underneath, yeah. we've got the, the rigidity of those, those parts of the brain that is controlling hormones and the pineal, pineal gland controlling, mm-hmm. uh, I know we'll, we can talk about the difference between the <laughs> two, why pineal, pineal, but then the seat of intuition. Yeah. So that's the way I right. read it, but you tell me well, how you Weston interpret Well, Weston Price really um, pioneered this aspect of, of the fact that our craniums are becoming more narrow. Mm-hmm. And that healthier Aborigines, people that live off the land, their their cranial structures are wide, their palates are wide. Mm. They don't have to have wisdom teeth removed, right? Right. And so there's also going to be a natural um, opening to the nasal passage with that. So as mm. the na- as the cranium collapses, the roof of the mouth kind of moves up into the airways, mm. and it and it causes like a collapse and like that. That, that people talk about a deviated septum. Mm-hmm. Well, then when that de- when that septum gets pressure on it, it buckles mm. and it'll deviate either to the right or the left. And I'm always asked, you know, does this work fix deviated septums? But you know, of course, it it, it really helps it quite a bit because yeah. you're you're actually bringing that structure back, just like one of those. Um, those cards where you you open it up and it kind of like a building comes out of it. Right. The name of those cards, but they're you know you uh, open yeah. them up and they they kind of like. They, they, oh, like a like a, a birthday card. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I don't know if they had a name. Maybe they have a name, but yeah. So when the skull opens up, you know, it just it kind of like allows these structures to just like expand, and it pulls a lot of that um, that space back open in the nasal passage. And there's all of these sensors up in the nose, and um, there's been a lot of books written about nasal breathing, and there's mm-hmm. been a ton of studies with people that are mouth breathers, and you know, it, it's just absolutely detrimental to your health to breathe through your mouth Mm. so nasal breathing does a lot of things one is we bring in a lot of our nitric oxide through the microflora in our nose which helps to improve our cardiovascular system Mm. our hormones right um there's also um um, filters so the air is filtered through our nose right so anybody that's like mold or you know, they have allergies or something, like breathing through their mouth is probably going to make it a lot worse. Oh, I never even thought about that. Yeah. So if you're breathing through your mouth and you're living in a moldy home, you, there's Much no worse. filter. It'd be like having no filter within your, your house. Right. Oh, right. wow, I never thought about that. Okay, yeah. continue. And then the air is, is warmed up a bit um, through the nose. But there's this, there's this aspect of the nervous system and this integrated state of the nervous system that has to do with these rhythms. Mm. And they call these rhythms oscillations. Mm-hmm. And these oscillations, they, they oscillate between 2 and 14 hertz. And all of the different brain centers are taking a lead from other brain centers so that they can like communicate and have this orchestra so everything kind of yokes together and everything works in a, in a symphony. Okay. And in order to do this, it's basically all hinged on respiratory cycles. And the respiratory cycles pace these neurological um, oscillations. And so when you start getting into these oscillations, you start start to um, have some implications into the default mode network, Mm. which I know you've been really interested in with some of the conversations you've had about psychedelic therapy and so forth. And the salient network, which allows us to focus our our attention on certain things. It's like the spotlight where we can keep our focus. And then the area of the brain that's got me most fascinated is the blue spot. Okay, so talk about the blue spot for a moment because you told me about that when you walked in. We were geeking out on the brain and you talked about this part of the brain that I'd never really even heard of. And then somewhere along the line of therapies today, when I was doing some breath work and visualizing, I could see a blue, around blue something and it was like breathing with me as I was visualizing. Mm. Now, I do meditation every morning i do breath work every morning i'd never seen that before mm-hmm. i'm like well it might what? have been related to the methylene blue okay idea. That, that was the other thing i thought yeah. i was like is it you know, where, where's this coming from mm-hmm. but it's all converging into one really interesting thought for me well i got i 
I found it really interesting when I did a deep dive into this respiratory, um, uh, these respiratory oscillations. They also call them limbic oscillations because, mm. like, the limbic system is our emotional state, mm. right? How mm. we're responding to emotions. And there's so much of that wrapped up into the, the, the blue spot or in oh. the, the, the medical term for the blue spot is the locus cerullus, which means blue spot in Latin. Okay. And it's in the pons, which is the midbrain. Okay. And you'd, you could almost correlate the locus cerullus like the adrenals to the body, the locus cerullus is to the brain, right? Okay. Because it's the main producer of norepinephrine in the brain. Okay. And so norepinephrine has a lot of kind of similarities to cortisol, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, very Some similar. differences, but there's some similarities. Like they're both kind of pacing our um, circadian rhythm. Mm. And they're both stress hormones, okay. right? And so, and they're also both can be bad if there's too much of it too often. Right. And they, they need to be like deeply calmed down, mm-hmm. you know? And that's not happening in our society. So the locus cerullus is it's it, in order for us to be vital and to um, and to be healthy, we have to be able to pause the locus cerullus. In other words, it has to be like able to just completely calm down at mm. night when we're in REM. Okay. So if we're not able to get into REM and we don't get enough REM sleep, which happens um, commonly with women where there are lower estrogen mm-hmm. in their cycles. Right and mm. and obviously after menopause, I was just going to say if it, even more yeah. big of a problem. And you look at the graph of of estrogen and, and age, forty. I mean, it just drops right down. It's crazy. Similar to a lot of graphs that we might look at, right? Like <laughs> like heart rate variability kind of does the same thing at forty. Yep. Right. Melatonin Thyroid, does yep. the same thing. Thyroid function. Yeah. I mean, yeah. weight. Go, the BMI goes up. It goes the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. So. What activates this part of the brain, the locus cerulius? And what I'm understanding is we want a pulsing in and out of that part of the brain. Mm -hmm. Well, so before we get into that, because I can imagine people are watching this and they have no idea what the locus cerulius really does, Right. right? So to kind of build some context on how important this area of the brain is, so it is the primary regulator um, area for norepinephrine in the brain. It has connections with virtually every part of the brain, right? And so um, in order for us to um, draw our attention to something, um, the locus cerullus is kind of like hardwired to this salient network. Um, We also have to, when we, we get our attention we have to be able to move and act on it. Mm-hmm. And so the dope, our dopamine centers are hardwired to this as well. Oh, wow. Um, the CO2 sensors, so when we hold our breath, like all this stuff that we're doing with breath holding mm-hmm. and breath work, like we're really working on the locus cerullus because those um, sensors, when our, our CO2 levels go down, where we get that kind of like emergency feeling where mm-hmm. our, like emotionally we maybe there's a little fear because mm-hmm. there is it's like yeah. i'm gonna die if i don't breathe yeah. right that is all coming from the locus cerullus so wh- how does it differ from the amygdala because i always think of the amygdala as the fear center that's and and i'm very conscious of my amygdala because i find that in a day-to-day i'm often like scanning you know i find my brain looking for the next problem to solve right and then i realize wait a second this is just my amygdala trying to keep me safe right so when we talk about the limbic system the amygdala is in that is the locus cerullus well in the, the locus cerullus is projecting nor um, norepinephrine to the amygdala right oh. so it's kind of like a deeper structure so it, all of your fear responses, your anxiety, depression is really hardwired in the locus cerullus. A lot of pharmaceutical companies really look at this as mm. um, fixing this area for solutions for you know for depression. Okay. Um, so um, when when you start looking, it's like hardwired. With, like I had mentioned about the. Um, circadian rhythm Mm -hmm. and then there's an aspect of the locus cerullus because it has to do with memory right Mm. and there's also something really interesting i want to circle back on with regards to degenerative neurologic disorders please um but so um we store all of our short-term memory in the locus cerullus right so our working short-term memory so during the day we're having experiences 
And these experiences need to be integrated with our all the other experiences that we've had. Mm. And if that doesn't happen, we don't really mature, right? And and mm. we don't really make sense of our life, our environment, our mm-hmm. connections, our things that we study, things that we see, things that we experience. And so, um, you know, I've seen this with friends that are alcoholics, right? And you, you, most of us have had friends and they don't seem to mature and there seems mm. to be a lot of mental, emotional turmoil with mm-hmm. these people. And one of the main reasons is because alcohol prevents you from having REM sleep. And so it's really understood in the sleep worlds that REM has a big impact on our mental, emotional Mm. um, uh, uh, affect. And the reason being is that it's the locus surrealis that is able to to pause and transfer that data up to the higher brain centers Ah. in REM. So you don't get the REM, you don't get this, this... uh, pause of the locus surrealis, which is where we're really talking about the health of this area of the brain requires like this deep pause mm-hmm. when we're sleeping. So not only do we need REM to be um, um, healthy, but we also need to have our stress hormones low. So like for people that are um, working late, right? Mm-hmm. And they're maybe we're getting into an argument later at night mm-hmm. and their, their cortisol is high or they might be stimulating some norepinephrine the locus surrealis has a hard time dumping that memory consolidation and having that pause. Estrogen plays a big role in it. Um, SSRIs, mm. surprisingly, really have a negative impact on this memory oh, consolidation wow. as well. It's counterintuitive. Yeah, well, the, there's, there's a lot to um, the approach to depression mm-hmm. that with SSRIs um, is really... Which kind of leads me to methylene blue, Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, so let me just recap so everybody can yeah. make sure we're following, is that this part of the brain takes in all of our experiences throughout the day. At night when we go to sleep, it transfers those experiences to the hippocampus, probably, mm-hmm. yes. and, and asks it to store it there. And it's almost like giving it a, a clean slate. Mm-hmm. And then next day, it does the same thing. And we do this day, day after day after one, day. One, one explanation might be, let's say that you have a party at your house, mm-hmm. and you have it over and over, but you never clean it. Right. And how junked up it gets. Yeah. That's how it happens to the brain and our memory if we're not having this deep pause to the locus surrealis. So what's interesting about that is memory is a major issue for women as they go through menopause. And, my, and you'll hear this tomorrow when we're talking when, at, the, at the women's event, which is why we're here, um, is that what we know about estradiol, the most important form, powerful form of estrogen, is that it can stimulate glutamate and it can stimulate acetylcholine, mm-hmm. which are two key neurotransmitters for memory. Mm-hmm. So when we lose estradiol... Our memory goes off. And then now I'm pairing that with what you just said, which is, and if we're not getting deep REM sleep and we're not getting the locus surrealis to be able to calm down at night, now we've got a double whammy on memory. So I've teamed up with Tony Horton. Do you know Tony Horton? He was the creator of P90X, one of the most revolutionary at-home fitness programs. And we created together a new fitness program called PowerSync 60. And it is literally, this program's never been done. It is a revolutionary 60-day program for both men and women. So here's why I want you to join us is that we literally created PowerSync 60 with you in mind. So it doesn't matter if you're a cycling woman, a postmenopausal woman, or a man. One of the things I brought to Tony was that when we work out, we have to think about our hormones. And he had never done that in the millions of workouts that he's created in his lifetime. We also included a free bonus meal plan and a customized tailor way you can eat right for yourself. Also, of course, we put some fasting in there, and it was a beautiful meeting of the minds. So I, it, this is like a passion project that I'm so excited to share with you. And in order to get it, all you got to do is visit drmindy.org and use the code PS60PELS. So PS60, and then my last name, PELS, P-E-L-Z, to get 20% off. And you get lifetime access to the program. So that's drmindy.org, and you use the code PS60PELS to join 
all of us. I'm actually doing this myself right now. So come join me, my community on this incredible journey. I am so proud to bring this to you. So another really fascinating aspect of this is progesterone's impact on the on the blue spot. Okay, talk about because that. progesterone helps to activate beta endorphin. So okay. this the, these endorphins in the in the locus cerulis help to calm it down, and okay. that's one of the reasons that when we when you, you mean, it's pretty well known you take progesterone, it's one of the hormones that calm us mm-hmm. down. Oh yeah, very neuroprotective. Believe me. I've, I've knew, I noticed it when she went away, and then I've been dabbling in some bioidenticals now, and it's really profound. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and that's where, where the, the, the impact is, because if you think about this um, blue spot being the center of stress, anxiety, depression, and then wow. you're able to go and have an endorphin release in there, it's calming that down. So that would be something that would support... Um, a pausing of the of the locus cerulis as well, and so if you, you're running really low with with progesterone, you could be having some challenges with the blue spot. It, the blue spot's just still running, even though you're sleeping. Well, you want it to stop running, right? So the so the blue spot pulses between um, one and fifteen hertz. Okay. Okay. So during the day, it's it's going because it's it's stimulating norepinephrine and that norepinephrine is is allowing us to be able to get things done right right to be able to focus on things to be able to keep our attention on things okay and um and be alert it's like activating the cardiovascular system Mm. it's it's helping the gut work like all of these things that are really really important right and at night it it pauses and you get this memory consolidation and so when the locus cerulis is too fired up you have too much norepinephrine, so you have too much of these fear responses. Yeah. Yeah. And when the body is in the chronic state of that, that's what wears us down, right? Yeah. So if we can have deep rest and minimize these spikes and stresses, that's where you can have a healthier individual and more longevity. So you know what the negative feedback loop of that is, is that when we start to see norepinephrine go up, the body goes into fight or flight, progesterone shuts down. Mm-hmm. And what I just heard is progesterone actually is key for making sure that the locus really turns off. Yes, it helps it to calm down. Right, so it's a negative feedback loop. Right, yeah. Which is crazy if you think about that. Because, That's really cool. Right? Because now you're activating more fight or flight, which in a woman is shutting down more progesterone, which is causing more running of this blue spot, which is, I mean, you can, it just starts. Now mm. we start to see why, you know, in my opinion, women are suffering mentally as they go through menopause mm-hmm. because we're so, we're so subjective to our environment a lot more than men. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. stress just kills us. It kills mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I actually have a theory, and I don't have any proof on this. I'd be curious your thought, thoughts. When we look at why women have more Alzheimer's and dementia than men, I believe that, yes, we can look at you know, insulin resistance and all of that. We can look at the es- you know, keeping your estradiol and levels up. But I think over time, stress wears us down so much from a brain perspective, we check out. Well, I, I agree with you. And what's really interesting is that Alzheimer's seems to start at the locus cerulis oh, wow. and move up. Wow. And this is really because all of the symptoms related to, you know, the beginning of Alzheimer's, you know, it, not able to keep their attention, memory, right. um, digestive issues. I mean, it's all, it's all like there. So there's a, there's a study I'm going to be um, uh, bringing forth in the um, talk I'm doing tomorrow but there, it seems to move through the trigeminal nucleus, which could have a pretty good argument for um, endotoxins entering mm. that system through the nasal and the mouth mm. and the oral. It'll go straight to the blue spot? It goes up because that, 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 that nerve comes up into mm. the locus cerulis. And so what they're finding is a lot of these neurofibrillary tangles and, and tau protein seems to build up there first. Oh, wow. wow. And then it starts to move up into the brain. So wow. um, way before even stage one of Alzheimer's, they're seeing that as a, as a beginning indication. Wow. wow. So, okay, talk about methylene blue because, um, again, what I'm seeing is a bigger picture than what I even knew about 
a, about the brain, but specifically from a woman's lens and specifically from menopause. My, as we, I was just sharing with you, I'm, my passion right now is I feel like what happens to women over 40 is, is we're suffering and the only answer that we're being given is take hormones. And yet, if you look at the, the trajectory of a, of a woman's body and brain, we're supposed to lose hormones mm-hmm. because we don't have eggs to be released anymore. Mm-hmm. So what's the consequence to the brain when we lose hormones? And the solution, the consequence is huge, but the solution shouldn't be throw more hormones at it because in some sense that's going against our natural cycle. And what I think is happening is that more and more women are struggling because of other subtleties like we're talking about right here. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, like I never, I can see the negative feedback loop. I, mm-hmm. I'm not getting enough sleep. I can't get myself out of my stress loop. And this is the seat of the brain that needs to be pulsed in and out. Mm-hmm. How do we go about doing that? And where does so how do you ta- oh now we're getting into some good stuff right so how do we take care of the blue spot yeah um, so hopefully up until now anybody listening to this or watching this is going to be like really excited about the potential to really care for this part of the brain yeah. I know this has become something that I've been obsessed with I love this and so I call it blue spot therapy. Tell us I BST, love this okay? I love this I hope this is so your, you're is hearing this your next book yeah. It is. Okay, go for it. Tell yeah. me. So um, I, have a, I have a schematic that I did that is basically showing all of the different things that will have a, a positive um, or a negative impact, right? So obviously any type of oral or dental hygiene issues, mm. right? So cavitations, mm. taking care of your doorways is, is mm. kind of the, the broad okay. idea here. So when I, when I say doorways, I, th- I, I think nasal passage oral, and also your colon, right? Oh, yeah. So these are the primary areas that endotoxins get into our system. Okay. Right? And so endotoxins are going to activate these inflammatory responses, Mm -hmm. which then um, you have the cell danger response. So there's the other huge um, aspect of of, um, negative impact on the locus cerullus is mitochondrial function. Okay. Because there is a huge need for lots of mitochondrial power in the locus cerullus. Mm. So when we start having low um, 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 mitochondrial output, then we start having some problems there with, with high oxidation. Mm. And in the beginning of the talk, you know, we were, we were kind of alluding to this idea of like what's happening with aging, right? Mm-hmm. What's connected to that and that you had mentioned senescent cells. Mm-hmm. And so it really comes down to this basic idea that we become less efficient at converting oxygen and glucose into mm. fuel, into mm-hmm. ATP through the mitochondria. Right. And then this idea of these zombie cells and these senescent cells that can be cleared up. And you, you, you're the expert on fasting, which is mm-hmm. the best way to clear those I was just going to say, uh, my brain's like, how, do, how, how does fasting affect the blue spot? But go, keep going. Yeah. Well, it's going to help it because lowering inflammation is going to really mm. support it. So they've shown that um, higher inflammatory... Because you think about inflammation in general, it, it, it's, a, it's a stress trigger, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So um, anything to do with sleep is going to be a great conversation for the locus cerullus and the blue spot, right? Because it you, needs sleep. You need that REM. So yeah. you look at like, you know, I mean, you got we could deep dive into sleep for a while, but the yeah. basics are... You know, light pollution at night, mm-hmm. um, avoiding stressful types of mm-hmm. things. You know, at night, not eating too late. Yeah. Um, a cold, dark room, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, you know, just getting the basics down with the sleep, and then honoring the circadian rhythm. Mm. You know, so like doing some sun. We talked about sun gazing, yeah. right? And yeah. One of the most powerful things you could do is watch some, you know, the sunrise. Yeah, I love that idea. You know, and then secondly, if you can watch the sunset, and so this is pacing the brain so that the brain can appreciate the sleep-wake cycles. Um, Some of the work that I do with the endonasal is really powerful because you're talking about pacing these oscillations which um, become problematic. So not just that, but also the, the negative um, impact that a collapsed nasal passage might have with the 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 biome that's in the nasal Mm. passage and the possibility Mm. of you know infections outgassing these endotoxins Mm. that then enter the body and get into the brain because it's so closely related especially with the face you know i was talking to i I interviewed do you know heidi havoc 
Do you remember her? She's a brain researcher, and she's been looking at what the chiropractic adjustment does to the brain. And one of the things I learned in my conversation with her is that the brain is always reading the stress from the body. And um, when the body gives it a stress signal back, it actually starts to create a stronger signal back to the body. And so, again, negative feedback loop of something. And so it'll tighten muscles It'll contract, you know, our masseter starts to tighten, mm-hmm. our temporalis starts to tighten. And we tend to think of stress as so exogenous. Mm-hmm. We think of it as it has to be something out in our environment. Mm-hmm. But what the brain is doing, and I just heard that in what you were saying, is that it's reading what's going on inside the body, and the body will tell it if it should be in fight or flight or not. Mm-hmm. So if your cranium is jammed up, and you're not getting that flexibility. That's another level of stress. It's mm. also sounds like it's another level of not being able to clear out endotoxins. Mm-hmm. So you're building up endotoxins in the body, which again is creating this feedback loop mm-hmm. that is so detrimental to humans, but especially women, because when cortisol goes up, progesterone goes down. Now we got a problem with the locus ceruleus. Right. And, 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 and that's a good point. So hormones are another really important aspect of taking care of your locus ceruleus. You know, and, and, you know, those are some really good points that you have. It's like nature has just created such a perfect symphony, right? And there's all these checks and balances. <laughs> yes. And the more we can understand this, yes. the more we can start to kind of intervene and like support and kind of grease some of these things so that they move a little bit with less friction. I think at the root of all biohacking, and probably even in here, um, and for sure in here, is what you're doing is you're restoring a very primitive healing power within the body that is being taken away by the modern world. Mm -hmm. And so the reason we've got so many biohacks now, so many IVs, so many interesting therapies, is because the modern world is taking. We weren't meant right. We weren't meant to be swimming in all these stressors. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So now we have to look at things like high dose melatonin, which I talk a lot about, me- yeah. uh, methylene blue, um, taking care of your doorways, right? I mean, this is a big uh, part of what we do with a lot of you know, our, our, our patients you know, right. at the clinic is we get them doing sin- you know, this 30-day sinus protocol that I love to do with glutostat, right? Mm. Um, and, and we use essential oils. We have a, a blend called Bocazen where... Mm. You know, it's it's something that is used in the mouth, and and it, it helps to support the gums. You know? So you, what I'm hearing in that is, you feel like so much that's going on in our sinus area and in our mouth is affecting our brain, specifically the locus ceruleus. Oh, big time! Yeah, yeah. And when you look at the research and you see how these, it could because. The proteins, the neurofibular tangles in the tau and the beta amyloid, that's all basically immune mm. response, right? So it's endotoxins right. that, are, that are activating this immune response in the brain, and the brain takes these proteins, wraps it around these toxins mm. to protect it from continuing to activate the glial system, right. which basically is like this like really negative inflammatory system in the brain. Yeah. So it's like, a, it's like a protective mechanism. Right. And so we, we need to look at different routes that these endotoxins get into our body mm-hmm. and, 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 and slow those down or, or minimize those. Okay, so now let's go back. I, there was one thing that you said that I really want to cycle back to because the other part of this conversation that I want people to grab is how intricate the stress cycle is. And what you're bringing to my attention, I never heard of the locus realist until this morning, is that I've been so focused on the amygdala and the mm-hmm. over-hypervigilant amygdala causing the constant cortisol rise because it's constantly looking for fear signals. Mm-hmm. But what I'm seeing with the locus ceruleus is that it also impacts that stress response. You gave us some lifestyle tools that we can use, but talk to me a little bit about like methylene blue. Well, I did an IV of that this morning. I will tell you my reaction of doing it, and then you gave us some breath work, uh, and then you gave me some magnesium. Within an hour of those two, I just could feel euphoria. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does that have to do with changes that are going on in the brain? Well, it's, um, it's calming your nervous system down, mm. right? And it's improving vascularity, right? Mm. So the magnesium, most, most of us are deficient in magnesium. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, it actually takes uh, a bit of energy to bring magnesium in. And that's why a lot of people, even though they take a lot of it, they, mm. they're still deficient. Um, one hack is they can take um, nicotinamide along with magnesium. Mm. You've got to kind of take it at the same time. But yeah. you'll, you'll actually find some really neat benefits. I think at some point, you know, I might consider making a, a supplement that combines say, those two together because it's magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's your, your wizardry. So, needs to but be that IV we call Luma Blue. Okay. And so it starts with a high dose of magnesium, 2,000 milligrams. And, um, and then we did a, a, um, an IV of, of silver. And so mm. silver is um, complementary to methylene blue because mm. it enhances its photodynamic mm-hmm. capacities. Yeah. So um, the methylene blue has an affinity to mitochondria. Okay. And that's what makes it really good to help for people to do, do dissections when they stain like the brain or different mm. types of tissues because you can see tissues that require a lot more energy are going to have a, a denser population of mitochondria. Do you, by the way, I have to stop here a second. Do you know what has the most amount of mitochondria in, the, in a woman's body? More than any, I kind of gave it away, but in a, in more than any other cell in her body. What's that? It's actually the eggs in our ovaries. They okay. have the highest density of mitochondria compared to any other cell in our body. Wow. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting this in terms of maybe even fertility. When we've got egg viability as being a major challenge for fertility, I know now we're off on a totally different mm-hmm. tangent, but when you speak about mitochondrial health, my female brain goes, wow. My, if everything you're saying right now about mitochondrial health, mitochondrial health portrays to the ovaries, mm-hmm. and within the ovaries, we've got the eggs. Yeah. And if, the, if your mitochondrial health goes down, your ovary health goes down, your egg viability it's goes gonna down. It's going to be really, really sensitive to oxidation. Yeah. Know, really, really sensitive to that. And that's one of the reasons why there's a, a wealth of research on melatonin mm. to support for fertility. Mm. And that's, you wrote a whole book on yeah, melatonin. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love yeah. it. So, but, you know, back to this idea, because the, the methylene blue actually plays into the blue spot as well. Okay. Right? Because of its support to the mitochondria. And so this, this blue, it was a, originally a dye, which is why the name is methylene blue. Mm. It has an affinity to the mitochondria. And once it gets into the mitochondria, it acts as both an electron donor and an electron acceptor. So basically mm. it's an oxidant mm. and an antioxidant, okay. which means that it can kind of sit in there and just really um, finesse this energy production within mm. the mitochondria. And it's about 30% more effective, uh, more efficient. So anybody that takes it is going to find that they're going to be about 30% more robust. And Mm. it's one of those things that I've seen just tremendous um, feedback from people that I start on Methylene Blue. They really feel it. And so you feel it in the sense of your energy goes up, but then if it's feeding the blue spot, then it's also helping you get into a a deeper REM sleep. Well, for sure. Well, sleep is an active process. So okay. when you low, when you run low in cellular energy, it's harder for you to go to sleep because you're actually your brain. You know, the nervous system is that circadian rhythm needs energy Running. to to be yeah. have strong both sleep and wake. Yeah. Do you think one of the ways I look at some of these centers of the brain is it's a little bit like a record that just keeps get, get skipping. Yeah. And it's like you have to literally go and use something to pick up the needle and put it into a new spot. Mm-hmm. Would that be like an accurate way to look at the locus realis? Yeah. That, I mean, there's so many different ways to look at it, and it's fun to make analogies like that. You yeah. Know? So I think that's a good one. Um, but it, it's, I think if you look at all of the biohacking things that we do, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, even cold plunge therapy, right? Um, You look at saunas, you look at sleep, you look at exercise, all of these things have a commonality on how they support the locus cerulis and how important taking care of this part of our brain is not just to prevent degenerative neurologic disorder, but also to be happy and Mm. to be able to get up and actually focus on things and remember things and integrate things. It's it's just... if, if it keeps going, if it keeps running, and I'm getting that epinephrine signals to the amygdala, and I'm in that hyper fight or flight, um, I, then focus will become difficult. 
Is that a, a correct way to look at that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And is that because the brain is still trying to assess all the stressors that are like it hasn't gone into that parasympathetic place where it can relax and there can be expansion and we can move to the prefrontal cortex? Like, is it because we're primarily designed to find something that's going to injure us and kill us? Yeah. So it's that fight or flight response is going to be um, shunting muscle, you know, blood to our muscles so that we can run and escape and fight. Right. You know, so we don't necessarily need to be like, you know, figuring things out as much as, you know, we might if we're like building something versus being chased. Right. 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 So. So. Yeah. Because you have one singular focus. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the rest becomes more difficult. Mm-hmm. So when we do like methylene blue um, IVs have been quite the, the rage lately. And we're pouring this nutrient into the mitochondria. We know it affects this part of the brain. I'm going to say it affects the eggs and the ovaries. I'm going to also say it probably affects dramatically the ovaries because they're so rich in mitochondria. Mm -hmm. Um, What are we just putting in a nutrient that these parts of our body need because of the modern chemical, physical, emotional stressors we're under? And is it just bringing us to baseline, or is it actually like reversing aging? Mm-hmm. Do you see where I'm going well, with that? I, no, I love that question, and I, I, I get that. So um, there's going to be some net gains, which there can be some shifts and some things in the body that are going to be things that we could continue on and, and benefit from. So in other words, if I do methylene blue for a short period of time and then never do it again, you know, would I be able to have some sort of a gain from that moving mm-hmm. forward? So because it's very antimicrobial, and, and in mm. fact, it, it's fantastic for a lot of infections, a lot of research mm. shows, you know, and a lot of people dealing with like Epstein-Barr mm. and d- different types of yeah. chronic viral infections. Which, um, by the way, I just read a study yesterday that when estrogen goes down, Epstein-Barr rears her ugly head. And that, so again, back to what we were talking about before, I'm, I'm, wondering why we're not talking enough about what happens to the female brain when our protective well, hormone is it, goes away. Is it possible the low estrogen is not allowing the... Because we, what we talked about before is that estrogen, when it goes down, you don't get as a good of a REM sleep, right? right? I mean, that's really solid mm. in the research. So um, estrogen helps REM sleep quite a bit. And so if you're not getting the REM sleep, you're not getting that, that, that rejuvenation, mm-hmm. the, you're going to be more... Um, um, uh, uh, you're going to have a higher propensity to like anxiety right. and fears and even depression. Right. Right. And so this is going to be upregulating cortisol. Yep. We're going to be more in a stress response and we're not happy. Right. right. And what yep. happens to the immune system? Yeah. It, it shuts down. It shuts down. Or it becomes hypervigilant. And then we got, that's why we, we got, got autoimmune. autoimmune. Right. Yeah. So, so then there's Epstein-Barr just sitting there waiting. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and so, um, then it all kind of goes right back to the blue spot. <laughs> right. Okay, great. So take it back to the blue spot. So, But that's that's the beauty of what you're saying. Yeah. Because if you take all the pieces that we've been talking about, it's easy to get overwhelmed and have it be complicated. Right. But if we go back to how the body's designed, if it all comes back to the blue spot, then we only have one part of the brain to focus on, which is the blue spot, and we can change everything that we're talking about. Right. Well, so for people that are maybe having a hard time with depression or anxiety or their immune system or, you know, there might be, if they're tracking their sleep and they see that they're REM sleep, you can start realizing that, oh, I could maybe start doing things to support my mitochondria Mm. and things to support my hormones and things to support my circadian rhythm. And why am I doing this? It's because it's all converging in on being able to really care for this part of the brain. Mm Got and if it. you don't care for this part of the brain, then you know you're, you could potentially have much worse things happen because that's where a lot of these degenerative neurologic mm. disorders actually mm. start and stem from. And why? So again, my brain goes to like, why aren't we talking about this? Why is the world not talking? Why did it take Dr. John Lawrence to bring yeah. this to the world when we are living in the most stressful time, physical, emotional, chemical yeah. stressful time? People are suffering, women are suffering, and we can boil it down to too much stress, mm-hmm. and then we boil it down to the blues, blue spot. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we talking about this? Well, I have a feeling, we, talk, we were talking about like 
um, different subjects that we have brought, you know, like you mm-hmm. brought fasting to women mm-hmm. right. and it was a big wave that came in and you got mm-hmm. in and you were responsible for that wave and the wave was ready to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, I've been able to be fortunate to kind of get in and I think melatonin's made this yeah. big push it recently has. and I wrote a book and um, I feel like this could potentially be another wave. Mm. I think it's that big of a deal. Mm. And this is the first podcast I've really like delved into I, it. Oh, I'm so honored. And, and I love it. You guys keep following me because I am like just like really in the middle mm. of really understanding this yeah. and owning it. So, um, I yes. well, so I want to keep geeking out with you on it yeah. beyond this moment because what I am the elephant in the menopausal room for me is that when we look at estradiol and progesterone going away, we also see these neurotransmitters go away. And the way I'm explaining it is it's like a neurochemical armor that just comes down. Mm-hmm. And when that neurochemical armor comes down, my belief is a lot of our traumas come up, a lot of our cellular dysfunction comes up, which is why we have so many women having all these symptoms, so many women having depression. Mm -hmm. And if we were to tell every 40-year-old woman, this is about to happen to you, your neurochemical armor is about to come down, you're going to need a game plan, you're going to need to look at the next 10 years as this opportunity to rebirth yourself. Right. And in that comes, we have to turn the stress response off. Sure. So if the stress response is really being activated by the blue spot, that's awesome. It's an integration of our work. Right. Yes. And so I want, as you dive into that more, I, I love that idea. And then especially knowing that progesterone can control mm-hmm. that blue spot switch a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, it's those beta endorphin yeah. receptors in the blue spot. Yeah. So, you know, what's really hitting me here and, what might be a good take home for people watching or listening to this is that you're going to have, you know, different, different situations for all of us. Right. And Mm -hmm. some people are not going to be taking care of themselves Mm -hmm. and they're going to have a much, much more difficult time with menopause. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you start to have a drop in these hormones and you haven't done your work and you haven't been doing, you know, your self care, it's going to be a rough, rough ride. Super Right. So, this is where we want to start looking at like what's really happening when this thing goes south is that we start to have um, the inability for our body to deeply, deeply relax and Mm -hmm. to process the experiences that we've had and to make sense of it and not, not develop all of these fear, knee jerk fear responses to every little thing. And that's what happens when we can't really fully pause that blue spot. And so you know, if you look at like a spiritual view of our life, like my feelings are that if you can get, if you can clear all of your fears, like completely, mm. like you have no fear at all, no fear of death, right? That's like the ultimate mm. because all of these little fears might trigger that, that one deepest fear, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is that you will be annihilated. Mm-hmm. You no longer exist, yeah. right? I don't yeah. get my peanut butter and chant sandwich like yeah. Johnny you're not you're not having your peanut butter and jelly <laughs> nope. sandwich oh my god I'm gonna die right, right? so we learn this as a kid mm. and so everything kind of converges in on that core fear response which is governed right in that one mm. little blue spot right that's crazy and, and so if we can take care of it and we can calm that down to mm. the point that we can accept life and and take on life the way life presents in front of us Mm. Right, and do that in a calm way. We're not in a, cr- a chronic state of stress mm. and anxiety, mm-hmm. you know. And then if we're in a chronic state of stress and anxiety, then, then like you said before, right, we're not going to be sleeping. Right. Then it's not going to pause the the blue spot. Yep. It, so it's like these these cycles. So we have to at some point just sit down and say, okay, enough, yep. enough's enough. Right. Like, give me a plan of action. Yes. To stop this cycle. That's right. right. That's and right. that's what I think we can do. And so let's go back again to just so we can do the check. I, I'm a checklist person. What would you call it? Blue spot therapy. Uh-huh. So if you're listening to this, I think what, by the way, I think what you said is so at the heart of what I'm trying to teach women is that it all boils down to stress. Uh-huh. And, and, it's, and if we can handle this one word, we can start to really dramatically change 
everything else, Mm -hmm. every other symptom you're trying to change. Go through the checklist again. And go through our lifestyle checklist and then go through like therapies like you're doing in here checklist. Okay. So hormones have an inflammation. So um, progesterone supports it. Okay. Um, Estrogen supports it. Okay. Um, Pregnenolone seems to be beneficial because it spills over and it supports both of those hormones. Um, DHEA? DHEA does. Yeah. Okay. Um, When you look at the cycle that the blue spot takes, it needs to be calm. So it has to be either a one or lower hertz. So that site, that that, that frequency that it's firing needs to be like either one or like 0.5. So it needs to calm down and pause. Right. And it won't if you have what's called catecholamines and if you have like adrenaline, right, Mm -hmm. and cortisol. And so when we look at our our daily activities and we start thinking about the afternoon and evening and Mm. from dinner to to going to sleep, what types of things would promote us to be more deeply relaxed before we go to bed so that we have an opportunity Mm. for our blue spot to completely shut down and calm? Um, so doing things like breath work and meditation mm. and really protecting those hours where we don't argue and we mm. don't do work that's going to stress us mm. out, right? I love we that. look at the like, you know, light pollution, right? Mm-hmm. So anything that's going to change our our brains going on this beautiful cycle of sleep wake. Okay, know? so so we've got hormones that that will help regulate it. We've got light, mm-hmm. um, but I'm, I'm putting it in the context of melatonin because you, is that the way, or were, are there two separate subjects for the blue spot? Well, they're both part of that circadian rhythm. Okay, so circa- it's they're, all under circadian the, rhythm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so hormonal balance, circadian rhythm balance. Mm-hmm. Okay, what else do we need to be able to keep the blue spot? Well, so, the, I mean... In essence, if you think about it, like you want to be able to deeply relax at night. Yeah. Right. And so if you're not honoring that, then the locus cerulis or the blue spot can't go and really go into a deep state of rest. And if it doesn't, it's holding on to all of that. I mean, they they really see this as the primary cause of PTSD, Mm. right? Mm. Because you you have an event, it's a stressful event, and you have a memory attached to that Mm. event. And that memory just sticks in that locus cerulis. And most of these people, their stress hormones never really calm down, even at night while they're Mm. sleeping. And so they perseverate on this over and over again. And so there's a lot of interest with the locus cerulis and PTSD. It's, I mean, the primary area where that's that's the issue. Fascinating. Okay, so continue on in the checklist. So then um, taking care of your doorways, Mm. right, and endotoxins is huge. And primarily, I think the the doorways that are poorly um, um, recognized is the, primarily the nasal passage, mm. right? And um, there's been some some studies that are really suggesting that this is a big deal, and more more attention needs to be looked at it mm-hmm. because of the, the the tau protein buildup in the locus cerulis and how there's a deep connection with the trigeminal mm. uh, nerve and nucleus. So we need to be a nose breather, not a mouth breather. The, the nose breathing is the pacing through the respiratory cycle. So the air hitting those higher mm. olfactory centers in the nose, that's going to be a, a, that's, that's between, um, say, 4 and 12 hertz. Okay. Right? And so these are oscillations that then mm. pace our limbic oscillations or neuro oscillations. Okay. So keep, continue on. Yeah. So... Um, we think about how we are encouraged to take care of our mouth, right? Mm. But dentists have a, a, um, a, a financial gain to mm. be that person who mm. has the financial gain to tell you to take care of mm. your nasal passage, right? Oh, interesting. Well, maybe I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. A little who's, bit. Who's the nasal passage Nobody. Like, advocate? Right. right. The, wow. There's some E and T's, right? Yeah. So it's, it's a very underserved area that people aren't really realizing is such a big deal to um, brain health and neurological health. Wow. And then the oral, um, you know, oral and then the microbiome. And just think about the amount of inflammation that can possibly um, be caused by a dysregulation in the, mm. in the microbial growth in those okay. areas. For my microbiome, I minimize um, resistance, resistive starches, right? So you can, anybody can get online and kind of look at like mm. what foods are more in the resistant mm-hmm. starches. And some people really promote these as like, like prebiotics and really mm-hmm. important. 
But the reality is a lot of people have a lot of gram-negative colonies in their gut. And you just, oh, wow. if you don't want to feed those. So if you have a lot of gram-positive, you know, that might be okay. Lectins can also be a negative for mm. the gut. So eating organic is really important. So like pesticides, you know, they, they, they are very damaging to your microbiome. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a number of toxins in our environment that, that, that are that are so. And so we want to look at, you know, anything related to our digestion. Mm-hmm. We want to be eating, you know, good foods, you know, and eating with low stress, right? So we mm-hmm. don't want to be like That's pounding our food while we're, you know, driving yeah. and putting our makeup on. And, yeah, you know. <laughs> right? It has a very much a similar effect to just eating the bad food. It does, yeah. It's crazy when you think about that. Yeah. Anyways, continue. So microbiome of the gut. So one of the things that has really um, helped me personally, as well as a lot of the people I work with, is I make yogurt. And I make a coconut-based yogurt. Okay. And we call it ProBioZen yogurt. And we'll be happy to provide you with a recipe. It's so easy. Oh, like really? it takes, yeah, once you figure it out and you get the right stuff and everything's like ready to go, it takes like 10 minutes to make it. And then you let it ferment for, you know, two or three days. Most of the people that make yogurt only let their, their um, yogurt ferment for 12 hours because yep. they have to use that machine to make another batch. Mm. But when you start fermenting it for like 36 and 48 hours, mm. you start getting trillions. You know, William Davis says the same thing from Supergut. I interviewed him. And he said that that's the, that exact thing, that we're not letting it ferment long enough to get the beneficial bacteria. Yeah, yeah. L- let me finish up with this thought. I okay. always, the, I, 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 could, I mean, we're going to keep talking, and, and I, I really love this expansion you've given me on the brain. And then, of course, I feel like I'm always putting it through my hormonal lens. So thank you. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, each season, I have a different uh, question that I ask every guest. Okay. So the, I've asked two questions this season. One is, what's your self-love practice? And the second one is, if you had to name one superpower you bring to the world, what do you think that would be? Okay. Well, for me, self-love is just a knowing that I am infinite mm. and I am love, mm. right? So it's not an act of I'm loving myself. It's just mm. realizing that that's what I am and mm. sitting in that. I love that. And so um, contemplating that, I think, mm-hmm. would be my, you know, yeah. my act. Oh, I, I and, and, and I, I actually am a huge contemplator of life. Uh-huh. And I think it is a form of self-love because you don't stay stuck right. in the same mindset when you keep asking yourself questions it just, yeah. your mind gets more expansive. So, And, and the other that. really cool thing about self-love is that when you find yourself in a relationship and you're like, mm. oh my God, I love that person, or mm. I love, you know, you fall in love, yeah. you're actually falling in love with yourself right. as you're showing up with that other person. Amen. So, so true. that's a great realization. Yeah, love you know? that. And to remind yourself of that when you're in those situations to reinforce that you're bringing that love, it's inside of you. Yeah, you I know? love that. Okay, your superpower. What's your superpower? I'm not going to let you I'll let you guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I would say your superpower is multifaceted, but the biggest is your, in your curiosity around the human body. Yeah. And then you're a little bit of a wizard. <laughs> I don't know if people say that, but your ability to put combination of nutrients together. I'm going to encourage everybody to go to your website and look up some of the things we talked about today. We'll mm-hmm. put the link in there. Okay. But I, you're like a medicine man. Mm. And, and I, don't, I've, I haven't met very few people like that, and it's much needed in this day and age. Mm, thank you. I, I think one of the things that um, helps me be that way is this um, powerful artistic aspect mm-hmm. of my brain and scientific. Yes. And I don't think that a lot of people are just generally born into the world that way. And so well said. I did a human design. Have you heard of human yeah, design? Uh-huh. So yeah, I don't know much about it, but I've heard of it. I, I did that a couple of times, and that, that's what came up with that. And I'm not mm-hmm. really big into a lot of astrology stuff. Like, I think it's interesting, but it's mm-hmm. just phenomenon to me, right? Yeah. So, um, but I do find that, that that does seem to ring true. And I... I started to um, to get involved with art to the point mm. where after my first year of practicing, 
I thought I made a terrible mistake, and mm. my 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 calling in life was to become an artist. Mm. And in fact, there was this thing in my family on the front, you know, the French side. The last name is Laurence. Mm. Every fourth generation, there was going to be born a famous artist. So mm. I was the fourth generation. And there's another cousin of mine who got into art, and I think it turned out that he, that's probably more It was him. him. But, it wasn't you. But I dropped out of yeah. practicing medicine and chiropractic, right? And, um, and I went into painting full time. And I was in showing in art galleries in Maui and in Dallas and here in Florida. Your art is Florida. amazing. Yeah, thank you. Amazing. It's interesting what you say about the, what I heard is your right and left brain are very integrated. That's a unique quality. Yeah, so, I think that that yeah. really helps when you're when you're um, when you're trying to figure these things out. Like we're talking about the locus surrealis, and there's there's so many different um, um, ways of looking at it, and mm. it's, it can be abstract. And then you're trying to look for things that are um, patterns, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and then you're trying to like pull things out of thin air to like make sense of things. That it's like that intelligence that yeah. is just there right it's yeah. like when you quiet your mind it's like the information's there yeah you so quiet cool. that locus surrealis yeah like down and, the, and well, it's like boom probably right. then the other parts of the brain can start talking to you right right including the pineal yeah i was just gonna say <laughs> i wonder you know here's what you got to go look at what's the connection between the locus surrealis and the pineal gland how do they connect like the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex they're they're doing this dance all the time one's on one's off yeah what oh they're they're deeply connected because it's all circadian rhythm and yeah. that super chiasmic nucleus and yeah they're they're very hardwired together yeah john this was amazing i could keep I, I keep forgetting we're even on a podcast but thank you um just the world needs you oh, so really you. appreciate Likewise. yeah thank you, know, you. so glad and to be in this with you yeah thank you and this we're gonna mission together agreed agreed i think the more we can empower people on how the freaking a their own bodies work mm-hmm. um the more we're going to heal the world so excellent All thank right. you Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. I love bringing thoughtful discussions about all things health to you. If you enjoyed it, we'd love to know about it. So please leave us a review, share it with your friends, and let me know what your biggest takeaway is.